Hello, everyone, and welcome to Level Up, a Magic the Gathering podcast that's for everybody. Whether you're an average Joe all the way up to a semi-pro, we're going to be the podcast for you. We have a focus on leveling you up and leveling up with you. We're going to start with some basics to some more advanced maneuvers, but our focus is just going to be becoming better Magic the Gathering players. Uh, there's a lot of content out there where you have pro players, or you have pro advice, and it can be a little complicated or, quite frankly, just a little boring. So we want to have our own fun take, and of course, we want to make sure that you're along for the ride. Whether you're doing just casual tabletop magic, or you want to become a better player and start conquering at your local FNM, or even attend a GP and do well there, that's what we're going to be doing for you. In addition to that, we will guarantee that you get laid listening to our podcast. Uh, uh, disclaimer, no, no, you will not get laid by playing Magic the Gathering ever. <laughs> Let's just you jump hate. right into the show here. All right, guys, welcome to the first episode here of Level Up. Uh, this is gonna be called Level One since that's where we're starting. Quick note or disclaimer, uh, if you know absolutely nothing about Magic the Gathering Straight or just up new. hardly anything, we are gonna be coming out with a level zero episode, so stay tuned for that. That's gonna have just a quick rundown of all the simple things, you know, the stuff that you know players who've even just casually played it already know. But once you get to that point, that's that's where we're starting here. So just a quick side note. Um, do a little bit of intros, a little bit about us. Uh, my name is Shane. Uh, I've been playing Magic for a couple of years now. Uh, Mike is the one who taught me, and uh, he, he taught me terribly, so I had to get better on my own. Um, but I do want to kind of clarify <laughs> a little bit about our styles. Um, I tend to be more mid-range to control type player. I love card draw, by far my favorite thing to do. Because he's an asshole. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of aggro, and, and I kind of have a just, just an overall dislike for it. But uh, kind of a quick rundown of our styles and what we like. And next up on us is... I'm Mike. Uh, <laughs> I taught both these guys how to play Magic. He's very old. Uh, yeah. About a year and a half ago. I've been playing on and off for about 20 Five, years. Five, six hundred years. <laughs> he used uh, to know Nifmizit. Yeah, was, me and Niv Mizzet went to school together. <laughs> um, so I play a lot of Commander. Uh, I like a lot of red blue, uh, like combo decks with spells. I like to play a lot of spells. Storm is my favorite mechanic, and I really Dude, wish yeah. it wasn't a broken, uh, incredibly bro broken. broken mechanic. Will never, I, I never wanna, be reprinted. I want to see it reprinted <laughs> ever. Um, Literally never. <laughs> else, let's see. Will never be reprinted. Oh, I also, um, I should mention, I like standard. In the <laughs> no one cares, but I guess I should have thrown that in there. Uh, I play a lot of commander. I played standard for a really long time. Um, and now I'm just getting into limited, and I'm not that good yeah. at it yet. But that's one He's of the better. reasons that I'm here. Hi, I'm Nick. <laughs> um, well, I like uh, standard, but I honestly, right now, I like commander a lot more. Um, Commander's big into format. yeah, it really is. It's definitely you know originally I didn't think I would like standard. Uh, I mean I'm sorry, commander. commander. Um, but now I love commander and it's my favorite. Uh, it's my favorite format. Um, I like black and green. I'm really big into discard decks right now. Mm -hmm. um, making it work. And we we also uh, we know about and, and somewhat enjoy modern, but legacy. Uh, we should go ahead and disclaimer again that we we don't really play. Yeah. Uh, we're not we're not rich millionaires and uh, just never really interested us. Uh, it's kind of a, just a quick format, just who could get the most broken thing out first. And we like to actually play magic, engage with your opponent, and, and try to outplay them, outsmart them. And again, that's where I feel the majority of the player base is at. And yet yeah. you have all these people talking, you know, legacy, vintage, and newer players are like, uh, what? They're overwhelmed. It's kind of daunting. And so again, that's where we fit in here. But let's yeah. get right into our. Oh, go ahead. Nick. I was gonna say one more thing. Uh huh. My favorite kind of deck is shenanigans. Yes, yes. Nick likes the I like jank. To, I like to build jank decks. For all the iHeart jank lovers out there, Nick Nick is your guy. Uh, so he's going to get you there. Homebrew um, hippie. <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, you know, a, a lot of different personalities. We have a lot of different likes, dislikes. But it, it works good in our, and works well, I should say, in our play group. So. And that's basically what we're about here at Level Up, the Magic the Gathering podcast for everyone. We're going to get into our, one of our most favorite segments. It's called Just the Tips. Our next segment is going to be called Just the Tips. Oh, baby. <laughs> this will be a segment where we're going to give you uh, just basic tips and tricks on improving your magic game. Uh, so, Shane, take us away. So, I, I want to start by prefacing this as uh, we're, we're, we're all leveling up together. Um, again, our, our whole theme of the show is just, you know, you're an average Joe all the way to semi-pro. We're not, we're not the experts. We're not the pros. We're not, we're not terrible. At least we, we 
like to think we're not. But we're I'm all going to be terrible. learning. <laughs> we're all going to be learning together. Um, we're all going to be going on this this journey. I, I know it's going to sound sappy and lame and the whole nine yards, but we're all going to go through this together. We're all going to get better together. We're going to help each other out, and, and this is kind of what we want. And I, I feel like this is missing from the Magic community. I, I when I first started playing, I felt like it was such a it was such a daunting barrier that honestly, if I didn't have Mike to get me into it, there's no way. There's no way in hell I would have played that game. Uh, a, it's daunting, it's confusing, it, it has the, the nerd stigma, which um, it, it can be an issue, and it shouldn't yeah. have that. It shouldn't have that, but it does, it does, and it does, it, yeah. you know, it does take away from what, what people could realize a fun game could be, um, and, and in my opinion, it is, it is one of the best games ever created. Now, in addition to that, there were barriers to entry. There, there's money, there's knowledge, there's, there's some people that will just treat you terribly. There's those guys that will take a, a newbie who's never played a game in his life and, and pretend like they're on the, the pro tour circuit and they'll, they'll just treat them terribly and they're call them stupid. Yeah, there's a lot of problems with that. And this is Magic the Gathering. It's supposed to be gathering. It's inclusive. We're all supposed to like kind of help each other out. And I think there's a huge just there's a huge market of that that does it goes unanswered, goes on you know unwarranted for, for people that really want to do that. Um, so this is where we try to we try to fill it in, and we're gonna level up with you. We're gonna start kind of basic stuff, just simple tips and tricks that helped us get to where we are. And, and, and again, us rehashing it will also help us as well. Um, I like to start with one of the most basics of everything is please, for the love of God, if you're building a standard deck and every new player falls into this trap, myself included, I'm sure everyone at this table included, do not put more than sixty cards in your deck. Just don't mm. do it. It just don't do it mathematically. It's literally the worst thing There's you can caveat. do. Yep. Go yep. ahead. Caveat. Go ahead. Battle of Wits. Oh my god. Uh, when that card was in standard, I loved it, and I had a deck that was so big that I could barely shuffle it. Explain the, the uh, Battle of Wits. I don't remember exactly about the card. It's like two hundred. If you have two hundred cards in your library and you mm -hmm. play Battle of Wits, you win the game. Right. <laughs> the only exception that no one cares about. So, um, moving on though, for real, sixty <laughs> cards, and and it was so it was so hard for me as a new player. And looking back, I'm like, what what was I thinking? And it's one of those moments. But you have to learn and you have to experience that. Um, you'll never hear a pro player tell you that because they just assume you'll know. Or they just they could just drop the name of a card and you should automatically know what it does. And we'd like to bring you to that point, and you know maybe you can go go there. But we want to make sure that you we all can really learn, and that's the base of the community. And and that. Principle applies in every format. I mean, we're talking a standard play, it's 60, 60 cards, and we're talking... Limited's 40. Yeah, limited's 40. Well, commander has to. Commander's <laughs> 100. I mean, you have to stay at, yeah. at, at 100. But it's always better to... Yeah. It, 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 it's obviously hard sometimes. It is. But it it's, is. It's, it's, it's really hard. cards in And it could be a really hard... You could come down to some really hard decisions, but it always ends up being. It's like picking like what child you like the most. Sometimes you know, like. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but okay. That far. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Um, Coming from someone with no kids. Yeah. Yeah. Caveat. No, but like <laughs> obviously that's hyperbole. But yeah, and, you know, and, and same thing with limited. Don't go over forty. You know, I'll play limited games and I'll see a guy that has like sixty cards in his deck, and I'm like, what are you doing? This is limited. You can get down to forty. You can almost guarantee some of your draws. Why, why, why take the risk of having not so good cards get drawn instead of your really, really good cards? Um, but it's a common trap that everyone falls into, and it's something, it's something that I, you know you can you can do. So like, let's say you're not a hundred percent sure which way you, which direction you're trying to go with this deck, or if you're just trying to craft a deck for for the lulls, um, and you have a few cards that you're uncertain about which ones you want to keep. Something that I'll do sometimes is I might play, a, a, let's for example, a seventy-card deck, and you find out pretty quick when you're playing your deck. And this is not—I'm not saying do this competitively. I'm saying this is something <laughs> you do as a test, obviously. But when you're trying to test a deck out and figure out what cards you want to use, you can build a seventy-card deck because when you're playing your deck, you find out pretty quick when these cards are in your hand whether or not they're cards that you want to have in your hand. When you're playing a game and you find yourself not wanting to play or going, crap, I didn't want this card right now, if that's happening to you a lot, you just found your card that you can cut out of your deck. And I agree with that, and um, uh, I think you could also just do that with a 60-card deck. Yeah, and yeah but I'm saying if you, have to, if you right. really can't. If you just want to, go down you to, want the, to do all the tests in two, one. If these are my two children... <laughs> if you're at that level, that's something you I'm not going to get the end of this, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> it's not like which one you got to keep, it's just which one you, you love more. Jesus. 
<laughs> Goblin Chain World. I, I hate, you know. So no. Um, but uh, another another big um, uh, tip uh, uh, that we can kind of help you out with is when to play four, a full play set of something. Mm. When to play three. When to play two. And when to play that one silver bullet card, which you know it comes up, but it, you always want to tend to avoid one and two. Um, if it's a card that you, you I mean, maybe it, it comes in handy, but you don't really want to see, or you have a tutor for it or something, sure. But uh, three and four is going to be mainly where you, yeah. you play the majority it, of your cards. It tends to be if it's a card you can only see putting new player warning into your deck, you probably don't need to have it in your deck in the first These place. are all going to be like kind of like new player trap alerts. Um, myself, my anecdotal story, which I, I consider myself a pretty decent player now, but back when I first started playing, I'd be like, I want two because I don't want to go down to one, but I don't want three. It's a good card. I'll take two of this. I'll take two of that. I'll take two of this. And two is always that kind of magic number. Where you're like, well, I'll probably get it. I might get it. It'd be nice to get it, but you don't want that. Ideally, in, in the, the most perfect deck, you just have four of everything, of everything that you want, and then you know you're gonna have the interactions. You're gonna draw them, and you're gonna you're gonna have a really good deck. The exception, the caveat, uh, if it's an expensive CMC, you don't want four of like a, a nine drop. I mean, that's a, an insane example, but um, and you also don't want four of a legendary unless it's that important to your deck. So, for instance, the most recent example, Hazard the Fervent, uh, is a legendary creature in the mono red and red black aggro decks. They would run four of them because it was that important to the deck. Basically. It was literally the, the whole, if you didn't draw one, you're, you might not win the game. Uh, and so, w with that, you know, that, that comes the trap mentality. So, obviously, the legend rule if it's legendary, you can only have one out at a time. So, having multiples in hands would kind of be dead draws, and you don't want that. So, uh, something that I learned. Or somebody taught me when I was first learning magic 20 years ago. Uh, God, you're old. <laughs> if you put four of something in your deck, that means you want it in your starting hand. Yes, sir. Otherwise, you put three in. If you don't want one in your starting hand, put three. That's why something like the higher converted mana cost cards. Yeah. You don't want to start the game with even three lands in your hand and four cards that cost you eight mana each. Yeah. With the exception of Raska's Contempt. <laughs> I, I, I I don't necessarily want it in my starting hand, but it's just so good a card. I, I want to see it <clears throat> multiple times during the course of the game. Yeah, I've, I've seen Shane looking at it, petting it. He loves that. <laughs> it's an amazing card. It's an amazing card. Um, I'll also bring this up. The Silver Bullet. I think that's the, the, the kind of also a new player trap. Everyone's like, well, this is a good card, but I don't really want it all the time. I'm going to put one in. I'm going to put one in. You gotta really, really evaluate the silver bullet, the one of card. Is it actually gonna help your deck, or can you just add another to a playset to make a four chain world instead of three? If you, you know, you hate you hate the game of magic and you hate everyone around you, you could <laughs> you could play one chain worlders. But uh, the silver bullet, I mean, the one of in a deck. There's a couple instances where it can come in handy. Uh, most recently, a deck that runs a one of is the uh, the the nexus deck, um, nexus of fate. The extra turns, infinite extra turns, they'll run one of Karn's Temporal Summoner. Or they'll run a one of Karn's Sign of Um A card that if they get it, it's nice. It helps. But it's not It's not necessary. But there's just, the reason they have that is because there's there's really nothing else they could slot in. It's an open slot. And that's where I think the one does fit in. Uh, all in all, avoid them. You're looking at the 2, 3, 4 range. And again, the 2s are just maybe you like to see it the threes or you want to see it the fours like mike said it needs to be in your starting hand if you're in a, a ramp deck you need four land of elves that's not that's there's, there's just no way around it you want the ramp you want it turn one you want to play land or elves and you want to have three mana turn two and that's just that's how it goes so yeah i mean deck building is by far where it's where it all starts i mean it's where your deck starts you don't just start with a good deck you got to get to that my first deck was Trash! It was terrible. It's like a green-white counters deck with the Johnny, the, the the terrible one, not the good one. Back in the Aether block and took it to F and M. Did okay, but like it, it didn't blow anyone away. It it, it took people by surprise, I guess. Too, <laughs> people had to read my cards because they're like, what, "What? What is that?" You know, you know, a bunch of commons, uncommons, and but uh, yeah, it, it you got to work your way up. That's that's what we're here to do. To be fair, Shane's first deck uh, was a. Planes. Not 60 cards, by the way. It was more than 60. <clears throat> that was the first deck he made. The first deck he played was a Planeswalker deck because that was the only way that I could oh, yeah. think to get them in was we went out, we bought a couple of Planeswalker decks, we sat at the kitchen table, and I taught them how to play with these yeah, I got, stupid decks because we hate them. I got them. a Nissa Planeswalker deck. I got a Johnny, got a Johnny. obviously, because that's why I built around them. Yeah. Uh, fun caveat, those decks... 
come with 60 cards. Hmm, wonder why, you know, because that's just <laughs> what you need to do. It's non-negotiable, people. If you have more than 60, just start cutting it. You know, I, 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 that's a new player <clears> trap. <throat> Um, the next one I want to bring up, and uh, I, there's some differing opinions on this one. The 61 everyone agrees on. I mean, you just can't not. But lifelink, I think new players put a higher premium, a higher value on life as a general. And they lifelink cards, gain life cards. Those are really good because if I get to zero, I lose. So I should try to get as high as possible. You know, um, they're not they're not as good as you think, guys. I mean, there's some good lifelink cards, but a, a card, uh, for instance, um, that says just instant speed or sorcery speed what have you doesn't even matter and you know tap two, gain four life a new player is gonna say that's really good I get four life that can negate a whole attack but you lose a card you lose a turn you don't gain anything on the board for it it's not it's not a good card life is a resource in Magic the Gathering um, you can use it you can it's expendable there are times to block there's times not to block it's it's a resource you don't need to obviously if you get to zero you lose everyone knows that but from 20 to 18 isn't that big a deal. From 20 to 10 is only a minor deal. And you have to, it's, it's kind of one of those things that you need to worry about, but you don't need to put a premium on. And so many new players, they'll come in with a lifelink deck. They'll come in with, this has lifelink, I want to gain life. This is a card <clears throat> that just literally doesn't replace itself, doesn't add to the board, but just gains your life. Like, it's not a good card. Uh, avoid the lifelink trap. I'm not saying lifelink isn't good. I'm not saying life isn't important, but avoid just the gain life cards altogether. I mean, some of the pro players have broke down mathematically what the value would have to be for a card that just says gain life. Don't draw, don't do anything, just gain life. What it would have to be. And it would have to be like a one drop gain 10 plus was what the math broke down to. There's no such thing, obviously, because it would be so broken in different formats. But it, that it's a common trap. Did you guys ever have any experiences or instances where you fell into the, the life link or the life gain trap at all? Um... <clears throat> That's one of the reasons that I never really got into playing black cards because a lot of those mm -hmm. are they're cheaper spells, so you pay less mana, but you have to pay life. Yeah, a lot of black spells you have to pay life. And I just I never got into it Love for them for that reason. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd rather pay life than gain life sometimes because it makes the spell that much exactly. better. Exactly. Yeah, it, it it was something that like when I first started, I mm -hmm. was really like my life is something I have to protect or I lose right. the game. Exactly. And so. I never got into it, and still to this day, like I, re I rarely play black decks. Not because I hold life at a premium now, but just because I never really got into playing black. Sure, cards. and and that's another thing we don't want you guys to make that mistake and see a lot of whole color where there there are a lot of utilities. One of the best cards ever ever printed is Thoughtseize, one drop. You pay it on turn one, ideally. Look at a target opponent's hand, choose an <clears> land card, make them discard it. You pay two life. A new player might think that's a terrible card. You you make them discard a card and you have to pay two life and take a turn off. Oh, that's not good. It's one of the best cards ever printed, and it it'll always continue to be. It'll never see standard play again. I would I would hope. Um, that's kind of one of the, the big issues. Like you know, people put a premium on life when they first start, as they should. I mean, it's kind of a learning experience, and we're just here to help learn it again, learn through it. Arena is a card that I love. Amazing card in command. One life, yeah. Every upkeep, but you get to draw an extra card. I mean. Yeah. Grizzlebrand, okay? Let's talk about Grizzlebrand. Uh, Band and Commander, by the way, uh, gets played in uh, even Legacy, the older formats, with uh, Show and Tell. So Grizzlebrand is a, just an absurdly expensive creature. I think it costs seven. Uh, two black, five generic. Um, it's like a, I assume a seven, seven flyer, continue with the theme. Don't quote me on it. But you can pay seven life and draw seven cards at instant speed anytime you want. Well, hold on. You got to pay seven life just to draw a couple cards. You know, you might have to discard down the size. A lot of newer players that that's a terrible card. But if you could cheat that out, not to pay the seven mana, obviously that's an amazing card. And commander, even if you paid the full price, that's an amazing card. That's why it's banned. You know, obviously you get more life in commander too. But um, you know, life life is a resource, and you need to know how to correctly utilize it. And it's one of the most important things. But once it kind of clicks, it, it works really well. Like there's times like oh my god there there's a there's a five five swinging in I'm at twenty life I don't want to lose any let me throw my three three in front of it that might not be the right play the right play might just be to take the five damage I mean it depends on the board state what's in your hand things you could potentially draw maybe a stack block later on that could kill the five five instead of just you losing a creature a lot of things go into play or some combat tricks that could also absolutely absolutely but you know, <clears throat> newer players always tend to be like chump block protect the life. I never want to dip below 20. If anything, I want to try to finish at 30. And it's, it's just a resource. It's just a resource to it all. So. Yeah, unless you're flush with 1-1s. 
Trump blocking is something you need to think about <laughs> first. So, uh, oh, I mean, if it's like a you know a thirty thirty swing, uh, sometimes they're sure that's different. <laughs> Game ending. Um, what's uh any other kind of new player traps you you see people fall into in terms of that? Yeah, we talk about this all the time actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, shuffle your opponent's deck. Oh yeah. Unless mm-hmm. unless you're playing a friendly game with people you know really well, like yeah. when when Nick and Shane and I play, we yeah. don't shuffle we each, trust other each other because no. we trust each other. We probably shouldn't, but we do. If you're, <laughs> if you're playing in an F and M or at a oh, Grand yeah. Prix or anything like that, make sure you shuffle your opponent's deck. People cheat all the time. They cheat everywhere. It's you sad, can, but you true. You catch them. You can catch oh. them cheating on live stream. Yeah, Twitch. How many Twitch videos have there been? People just cheating or. You know, whether they they actually intentionally meant to or didn't, that's up for discussion. I think if you're a pro and you're playing under like real tournament rules, obviously at the highest level, um, anything you do is intentional. Uh, you know, football is one of my favorite sports. To me, if you're a defender and you grab the receiver's jersey, it wasn't an accident. It was an attempt to not get caught to slow him down. You know, the, to me, I, 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 I'm firmly in the camp that, yes, people make mistakes, but I think if you're at the highest level of magic, then... You, you tend to make mistakes on, on purpose. <laughs> and I'll just put it like that. But yeah, I agree. There, it's a simple way to stop. I don't care if it's a if it's an 80-year-old lady who, who just baked fresh cookies and offered everyone to them at the F&M at your local card store. You take her deck after she's done shuffling, and you shuffle it a couple times, and you hand Man, it back to her. It's just the right thing to do. At F&M, how old was that girl? Was she seven or eight? Seven oh, or the eight. kid. She kid. Yeah. yeah, we... Like and she would cheat. I don't think she cheated intentionally, but who's gonna who's gonna who's yell gonna at a say at, a, at an eight year old? She would she would draw out two sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. It happens, and and when in doubt, and and another new player thing, call a judge. They're there to help you. It's not like mm. calling the principal over. Someone's getting in trouble. They're just there to sort things out. If you accidentally draw two, for instance, call a judge. Call a judge on yourself. Just call the judge, have them come over, sort it out. A lot of times they'll, they're, they're very easygoing. They'll get it through. You, you won't get a game rules violation necessarily. So uh, call a judge. If you're unsure of a mechanic, if you're unsure of a card, if it says crew three and you're like, what, what the hell is crew? What, what's a vehicle? What, what are you talking about? This is one of my newer things. I'm like, what the fuck's a vehicle? And the guy tried to explain it to me. And I was like, okay, I just kind of took his word for it. Well, it ended up he, being, he was wrong. I don't know if he lied to me intentionally or he was just didn't know. But if I just called a judge, things would have got cleared up. So I went like two weeks not knowing what a vehicle was, thinking it was what this guy said and he was all wrong and, you know, a whole new thing. If you're unsure, if you think something went wrong, if you have any suspicion, just call a judge. They're, they're the rules experts. They're there to help. You know, they're, they're as smart as pro players in terms of knowing the rules. You know, they may not be as good of players, but they're, 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 they know the rules. That's their job. You know, if, you, if you're an accountant, you know, and someone needs some accounting work, they're going to call you. Same thing with them. So don't ever be scared to call a judge. They're not principles. They're not rule, you know, rule breakdown on each other. Um, one other tip that I can think of is if you don't know what a card is, make sure you read it. Or ask your opponent. Ask to read it. Don't just yeah. grab it. Though. Yeah, that's like, true. Ask to read it. But yeah, common, common courtesies apply. If you're unsure of a card, and you'll see pro players do this. Don't ever act like you need to go in and know every card. The pro player may know the card. They may know it by heart. But in the heat of the moment, you definitely want to triple, quadruple check. You know, you're in that pro tour finals. What that card says, what the exact thing is. There's no sense in just assuming, just to try and look foolish. You're not going to look foolish. If a pro player is asking to look at a card... You can ask the other card. I mean, come on. But again, that's that's one of the stigmas that I'm talking about. That yeah. so many people put like, oh no, if you don't know what this is, just by me saying the name, you're, you're a nobody. Don't talk don't, to me. Don't let anyone There's so make you... many videos and podcasts and personalities yes. out there that try to make average players just feel bad about. Don't themselves. let anyone make you feel bad about having to read a card. If you are, if you, if you don't 100 know what a card is, just ask. ask to read it. Just ask. Just ask to read it because. <laughs> When I was playing with, I was playing a game with Mike the other day. I'll use this my own blunder as an example. <laughs> Nick's a cheater. Uh, <laughs> his, his no, no, I'm not even talking about that. My blunder. Yeah, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the uh, the uh, slivers. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Um, sure. I thought that I had the game on lock. <laughs> I didn't look at one of Mike's cards. Um, let's just say I thought one of my creatures was going to be unblockable. And if I had, ended up not. And yeah, if I had just 
read Simply Mike's card. Read the card yeah. Just if I would have just read the card, I would have known that that wasn't the case, and I could have done a completely different thing with my turn that would have entirely changed the way that the game went. But because I didn't, I screwed myself essentially. Yep. And that and that's the thing. Uh, don't beat yourself up about mistakes, but do learn from them. You know, mm-hmm. don't brush them off. Like, oh, it happens to everybody. Of, of course it does. Don't take it to heart, but. Um, the, the difference between a good player and a great player is you can learn from mistakes. And that's in anything. Magic, sports, poker, I mean, just anything. And life in general, it's just good life advice. If you make a mistake, if you if you do something that, that ended up not working out for you, you, you tend to not, not do it again or do it differently the next time it comes up. So uh, take mistakes in stride. They are part of learning. You're not ever going to play perfect. I mean, even pro players make mistakes. So please don't hold yourself to some ridiculous standard. Uh, obviously, people are going to make mistakes, but just just learn from them. So I think there's, you know, so in terms of sleeving up, you get your cards in. You got your 60 card deck, not not anymore, obviously not any less because that's illegal. Uh, you got it sleeved up. You're ready to go. You got the right combinations of full play sets of four, you know, threes, you know, what have you. You, you get there. You shuffle your opponent's deck. You're you're not scared to call a judge. You know, you're moving on up in this world. You're ready to go. Uh, where, do, where do you go from there? Where do we go from the gameplay? I mean, your deck's got a good focus. You feel like you got a good deck. You're not, you know, ju- not playing a bunch of gain life spells with no win cons. So, what what do you look to do next, Mike? Um, I actually, <clears throat> I want to caveat here for just a second, because um, you started talking about sleeping up, and it made me think of a, a dick move. So mm-hmm. yes, by all means, call a judge whenever you think something is wrong, but do not be a dick. And sit on that. Sit, sit on whatever you see is wrong until the end of the game when you're about to lose. Call a judge just so you don't get the loss. Agreed. Um, so what he's referencing is a famous example from a recent tournament. Uh, we'll just we won't name the players, but uh, the sleeves of one of the players had a rip or just a slight see through. Obviously, didn't affect the gameplay, but. Theoretically, and in the rules, it's it's against the rules. Your sleeves cannot be opaque. They have to be. Uh, they can't have any see-through ability at all. There can't be any marks. You should not be able to distinguish one card from another in sleeve. Obviously, they have to be. So, he was dead on board. Uh, waited, waited till all the way to the end of the game because he thought he was going to win it legit. I guess uh, was about to lose the game. Called a judge over and said, "I can see through one of his sleeves." The player that he could see through one of the sleeves was awarded the game loss. That same player went on to top eight at GP, and that's that's money, that's livelihood, that's a lot of players' lives went on hand. Um, a lot of kind of conflicting opinions. Yeah, the guy should not have, have should have checked his sleeves. Always bring extra sleeves if you're at a major event. We're not quite to that point in our, our level up series, obviously. Um, but I mean, even F and M people should be way more easy going. But it's just uh, it, it is a dick move. I agree with you, Mike. Just uncensored, in my opinion, dick move. Um, it, it didn't affect the gameplay, and he knew what he was doing, 100%. Mm-hmm. But here's what I'll also say. You have to assume that every opponent you sleeve up and you sit across from that table, they could be that person. Don't assume they are. Don't ever do that. <clears throat> but they could be, and you need to take the precautions to protect yourself accordingly. My favorite player is Reed Duke. He's a professional player, arguably one of the best Magic players on the scene right now. He announces every single thing he's doing. There is no confusion. He, I mean, he, just the other day, he corrected a judge. The judge made the mistake, and he told the judge he was wrong in a very respectful way. I mean, you should look him up. He's a good guy. But um, he'll announce everything. I'm tapping this. I'm, I'm casting this. Does it resolve? He goes through the, all the steps, all the phases. There's no, oh, he didn't say this, this, that, whatever. There's no misconception with him. And he does this not just because he, he wants to make sure he's concise, but he wants to make sure there's no shadow of doubt. There's no room. There's no error. So it is on you to an extent. Just like that opponent, some people can shuffle, and they can shuffle to where the, their perfect starting hand's always on top, and you don't even notice it. If you just cut their deck or just say, no, you're good, bro, Go, let's just start playing, you, you lose, and that, and that to me, that's on you. They, they cheated. They did that. They're not good people. That's, not, that's a dick move, as Mike says, and, and I agree 100%, but you could have easily prevented it. You could have easily prevented that, and uh, that's, that's what I think we're getting to, so... But all right, so you sleeved up your deck. You got your sixty card deck. You got the right amount of everything in there. You got a good deck. You got a good synergy with your deck. Uh, you shuffled your opponent's deck. You're dealing out seven. You're not scared to call a judge. We're moving on up in the world. What do we do from there? What's our next step? 
Mulligan. How to mulligan? There we go. So how how do we properly mulligan, boys? And and this is a this is not a set in stone thing. No. Everyone has their own. Uh, everyone uh, there's a mathematic formula, of course. It's just like blackjack. There's a mathematic formula, but some people will be like, 15, hit it, bitches. Let's get that 20. Like you, you're so crazy, you know, crazy something bitches out there. So you never know. Um, but and obviously there's circumstances where that would work, of course. Also, so it doesn't matter if they have a ten flip. But still anyway, anyway, but how? When would you mulligan, and when do you not mulligan? When do you roll the dice? I mean, obviously, I never mulligan when I have one land. <laughs> <laughs> the, the biggest, yeah. I, He's I, kidding. I, He's kidding, folks. Yes. Do not do not write that down. Obviously, what are the biggest factors in whether or not you're mulligan in CMC and the spells in hand? Exactly. Yeah, that has to be the two biggest, right? It's really, it really is. It's the major. I think those are probably. That's it. If I'm running Pretty three much. colors, I mean, if I'm running three colors and all my spells are green and I have two swamps, probably not gonna keep that in hand, guys. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, there's you'd have to like really, really have I mean, something. Obviously. To None or one is pretty much a mulligan. I mean, none is a guarantee. <laughs> of course, one is. So let's let's much break down mulligan. to what you have. If you have well, if you have seven lands, you mulligan. If you have yes. six lands, you mulligan. If you have five lands, you probably mulligan unless you're control with a couple of drops. There's a caveat. Yeah. If you have one land, you mulligan. If you have zero lands, you mulligan. If you have two lands, again, it depends on what you are. If you're aggro, I mean, run it, baby. If you're control and you have two lands, ship that shit back. Uh, I, mean, I I okay. This is where I, I disagree because I have a couple decks. For instance, my elf commander deck. Exactly. It gen- my oh, elves. My creature one land is all you need. I need one green land, and usually that deck is good to go. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's still, it does it's depend still on the deck. Depend, obviously. And yes. if you have four lands in an elf deck, you're shipping it back. Oh, yeah. You don't want four lands. No. But you're also running in an elf deck, you're running 13 lands, usually, in a popper deck, in, in uh, a modern deck. I'm, I'm talking about commander. Deck. Any elf but deck. Even in my commander deck, I'm running, I think, 29 forests. Jesus. Which. Uh, just for those of you that don't know, in a your average commander deck, you're gonna run 36. like 36, 37 That's lands. The standard, the gold standard. And so in my elf deck, I'm running 29, and I almost never have mana issues. Yeah, an elf, an elf deck in like the major formats, it's like 13 land, 14 land out of 60, which you don't ever do in a standard deck. Please, 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 unless they reprint like a full elf set. I don't know, but. So yes, I, do, I, I 100% agree. It depends on what deck you're playing. Obviously, in a, a typical standard deck, let's say like the gold standard for commander is 36. The gold standard of lands in a standard deck is 24, and that's that's just where it is. Uh, even aggro decks will, will play 24 lands. Uh, control decks tend to play more, up to 27. You'll never see more than 27, but there's math that backs all this up. Um, now, we've come a long way in terms of learning, and not just as you know individuals, I mean, sure, but... I'm saying as a magic community as a whole, uh, the, the gold standard used to be 20, 20, 20. You only ran 20 lands, you'd have the creatures, instant sorcerers. Um, obviously 20 lands is really low in a lot of decks. I mean, it's just not something you, you, you want to be in. Basically, depending on what your deck is, you need to synergize with it, you need to find the lands. But when in doubt, just sleeve up 24 lands. Make sure you have a good amount of what you need for your CMC. If you have more green cards than red cards, you're gonna have more green lands, forests, than obviously mountains. Uh, so it, it does matter. It does, you know, the math breaks down to it. But in terms of just, you know, deck building and mulliganing, you should know your deck. Whatever deck you sleeve up, you need to get familiar with. You need to just, you need to have a very, very, I don't want to say intimate, because that sounds a little weird. But like, you need to have a, you need to have like a, a deck bromance. If you don't know your deck, you're not going to know how to properly play it. Don't expect to win. Have fun, of course. But if you're actually going into a mindset of an FNM or even just a kitchen table magic match and you want to try to get better, and that's what we're all about. We're trying to get better, level up. You want to make sure you're doing it the right way. And to, to for that, you have to know your deck. You have to know your deck and you have to know what other cards are in standard. And we're going to kind of expand on that as we move on. But for now, this was just a basic how to deck build, very, very basic. We're going to get more in depth, obviously, but we got to, we got to level up. This is like our level one. How to deck build, what what to put in, when to slot in, and when to mulligan. Those are very basic things. And that's gonna wrap it on up here. Uh, just kind of general breakdown. We'll get more in depth later. But now we want to move into something a little bit more fun that we call face palm, and we're gonna go ahead and start that right now. We're 
gonna start out with the uh, the, BBB. the smallest mistake, the BBB, the basic bitch blunder. Triple B. So I was playing uh, a game with Mike, and this is something that didn't necessarily hurt me. Uh, it was a no, it benefited you. It, it, no. it, there was no necessary. It hurt me. It one hundred percent benefited you. It was a benefit, but he didn't catch it. But it was cheating. Uh, it was definitely <laughs> cheating. So unintentional, <laughs> unintentional <laughs> cheating. Yeah. I, um, Nick is not a pro player. Another another example of reading your card. Uh, this time, reading your own card. <laughs> I have a problem with reading. <laughs> Give us not with your that. own deck, please. So, um, I was playing uh, playing a game with the Skullbrayer, the Walking Grave, uh, as my commander. It was a commander game, and he is a two drop, one black, one green. Uh, I had played a forest, and it was it was turn one, straight out the gate. Played a forest, and then I played a Mox Amber. Um, let's explain Mox let's Amber. Let's explain Mox explain Amber. Explain what you thought it was, and explain Yeah, so what I thought Mox Amber was, was Mox Amber is a zero-cost artifact. <laughs> I thought Mox Amber let you uh, tap for a, a, a any color you had in, I don't know how the heck I thought this, in your commander's identity. color identity. So you thought it was like a commander Kind of like a, like a... Command, uh, command tower. Command tower. Kind of like a command sure. tower. Uh, it's not. No. Because that would be broken. Yeah. <laughs> it taps for any color of a, of a creature or planeswalker you control. That's legendary. That's legendary. That's legendary. Uh, legendary creature or planeswalker. Yeah, he's already, he's already, he's already, he's already, even worse. I even more he's, cheated. He's already fucking <laughs> up the basic bitch blunder. Exactly. We're about to move this category up a notch, ladies and uh, gentlemen. Oh my god. <clears throat> so, so what happened? Raise your cards, basically. <laughs> it basically, it, it allowed me to get a turn one commander. And my commander is haste, which means turn one, I was swinging with my commander at Mike. Uh, because I'm a cheater. Cheater, so, cheater, which, pumpkin eater. Which pissed me off, because I had, in my starting hand, I was super excited because I knew Nick was going to be quick on that commander, but I had a one drop, one one with first strike, so his commander wouldn't have been able to touch me. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that part of the story. I didn't know that either, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's Damn. why I was, the, when I found that out, that's why I got mad. <laughs> All right, so the so blun the blunder is ten. Moral, moral of the story <laughs> is read your cards, people. Don't uh, don't cheat. Read your cards. Yeah. How often do you get a blunder that benefits you? Not often. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I mean, because usually your uh, opponent catches it. We're cheating. gonna get some like mail or some emails, tweets, comments. That's <laughs> like, well, Mike Mike's the one that you know fucked up. Yeah, right? no. So yeah. Well. Anyway, but yeah, that's a good that's a good story, and um, th these are all recent as well. I mean, they're fresh fresh wounds, fresh so to speak. This and was uh, last but, night. But Nick actually. feels bad, so like that's that's why he brings it up. I mean, he feels he feels slight, <laughs> slightly slightly. Uh, you know what I, I feel mean, bad about? Fuck I feel <laughs> I feel bad about not being able to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> he feels bad he got caught. Uh, so I will be the face palm, which is like a mediocre blind. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, it's not catastrophic. It's not, you know, so so lighthearted that it's just a basic bitch blind. But it's like, you know, this could lose me the game. It, it didn't necessarily lose me the game. Or, you know, I was in the lead. Now, now I'm behind. I got to pull on my way back in the game. But this happened to me. And this is, well, you know, I think these are all going to boil down to a similar common theme. Read your card. Uh, so there's a card in M19. That is called Hungering Hydra, and it is Green X, and great uh, card. I'm pretty sure it's Hungering, but anyway, the Hydra, uh, Green X, and whatever you pay for X is how many counters it ETBs with. Cool. There's more text to this card. If it takes damage, however much damage it takes, <coughs> it gains how many counters. So if you have a, a four-four Hydra and you chump block a two-two, or you know, you, or you swing in, they chump block with a two-two, I should say, you're going to get that many more counters. So it it kind of grows and grows and grows. That's what Hydras do, right? So, that's the only relevant text that I ever really cared or, or really wanted to know about. There's more, and that, we'll kind of get into that. So, I, I was like, oh, I got my Hydra. He's a 4-4. Four, four. I played him for. I'm so excited. My opponent had a bunch of 1-1s one, and 2-2s. Two, like, I was like, oh, man, well, if I swing in, he, he won't block at all. But I had a card, an M19. This is a draft format, by the way. So, this is a limited sealed environment. Uh, well, draft environment. And I had uh, what's called Declare Dominance. Sorcery speed, two green, three colorless. Target creature gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. And all creatures able to block, this creature must do so. So I'm thinking, he's blocking with every creature. I'm getting all these counters because my thing's going to live. It's a 7-7. I'm taking like five damage. I'm getting five counters. 
I'm killing his whole entire board. I'm like, dude, I'm a genius. I set this up. I'm like playing like, I'm like orchestra, symphony music. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so smart. I'm so good at this game. Play declare dominance. Swing in. My opponent blocks with one creature. Combat resolves. I said, what? <laughs> you, no, you, you, you can't do that. Uh, you, you might want to read the card. What, what do you mean you might want to read the card? You might want to read the card. All right, sure. Did you, did you say this is on MTGO? Yeah, this is on okay. there. I thought it was a bug. All right, you know, fucking put me on the spot more, Mike. Come on now. <clears throat> anyway, um, I read the rest of the card. There's three lines of text to this, this fucking card. The last line of text states, Hungering Hydra can only be blocked by one creature at a time. Hungering Hydra can't be blocked by more than one creature. Yeah, whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> My point is... Let's make it worse. You know, so so he put a 1-1 one, one in front of it, looked at me like, are you... Are, what's wrong with you? Do, you? do you have problems? Like, are you new? You know, and I'm sitting here. I'm, I, my orchestra, my Beethoven's playing in my head. I'm like, oh, I'm the greatest ever. You know, I'm, I'm like Reed Duke. And then, then and I then realized all I the wasn't. the snapped. Then I realized I wasn't. And uh, yeah, didn't didn't necessarily <clears throat> cost me the game. I did go on to lose it. Not important. Um, <clears throat> but uh, definitely, definitely a fuck up. Definitely well, a fuck up. Upset about it yeah, definitely a fuck up. You know, nothing like wasting a declared dominance to gain one counter in a Hydra that will now just be worthless because <laughs> he's tapped and my opponent's swinging in for a, a lot of damage. Uh, he's playing like a red white aggro. So, uh, lessons learned, face palm. That that was me. And moving on to Michael, <laughs> the greatest fuck up of them all. Well, was this unimaginable right. fuck up? Right. <laughs> so I get the unimaginable fuck up award apparently. Um, so I was also playing in a draft on MTGO. Imagine this. <laughs> I had a card in my hand called Trumpet Blast. If you're not familiar with it, it is one red, two colorless. Attacking creatures get plus two. Plus awesome. zero until end of turn. Great finisher for aggros. Yep. So I was playing an aggro deck, <clears throat> and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to swing it with everything. I'm going to kill this guy. And then and I don't how many creatures? You were swinging on like four or five. It was like four or it was five a creatures. Huge board. Yeah. And I was going to take him basically. Yeah. I think he was at like Even 18. If he blocked, he's, I think it was 18. He would have been 18 to zero. I did all the math. And I was like, cool. I'm going to play this. You also, now I remember this now, you also played um, Active Treason. Oh one yeah, I stole one of his creatures. So this was like, this is it. Yeah, you're you're either winning or you're losing. Like this is it. You act a treason. You fully committed. You stole his uh, card. Uh, no one remembers the name. It's to do with the claw, like orish claw, whatever. But he's a he's a four three. When he swings, all creatures with power four or more gain plus one plus one and yeah. trample till end of turn. Right, that's right. Like oh shit, that's a pretty good card because now you can play trumpet blast in response to that going on the stack and everything's going to get trampled. They're all going to get buffed. He he wins the game. He's all excited. He's, he's got the symphony music in his head. He's like, I'm the best player. Yep. You know, Mike's like, I'm a god, baby. You know, let's do this. Let's do it. What happened, man? I had the win. And instead of doing it in response to... Uh, you, you acted treason already, right? Yeah, I acted treason, took the card. And instead of doing Trumpet Blast in response to the trigger like I should have, mm -hmm. I cast Trumpet Blast prior to moving into combat. Mm -hmm. What happened, Mike? <laughs> and then swung in with everything, didn't realize it until I was already swinging, and then I was pissed off because all of my stuff was tapped. He had like five life left and swung in and killed me the next turn. So, unimaginable. So break that down, fuck up. Mike. Break what down? <laughs> it just did. I just want you to break it down further so you relive it again. That's all. Nick just wants you to be in pain. Dude, I, Mike, like, like this is one of those, like, your opponent didn't top deck, which always sucks. Your opponent, you, you fucked up, and these are these are all three of these. I mean, Nick's, you know, Nick, Nick's laughing on that. He got off, you know, clean slate there. Oh, I fucked but, up a lot worse. <laughs> well, but this, well, but our theme was uh, always read your cards, and, yeah, and that's what this exactly. boils down to. And you got to think about this, like you know, it, you know every card, you think you know every card. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're like we say, you're the average Joe, you're the semi-pro. Read the card before you play it. Be redo. Go through the steps. Make sure you're playing the right things. Make sure the triggers go off the right way. Always be mindful of that because it doesn't matter who you are, how long you played. I mean, look at Mike. He's been playing for 60 years now with Magic. <laughs> 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 so you, you, always, you don't get a, hey, all right. 
There's no video. They can't see your stairs, Mike. And that's going to kind of conclude uh, our mistakes, our, our misplays. Hopefully you kind of learn from them. Hopefully you kind of, you know, obviously don't do the same thing. Always read the card, kind of the common theme there. Uh, before we wrap it up, we'd like to go into a segment that hopefully you, the listeners, will kind of dictate from here on out. Uh, this is our Q&A segment. Now, obviously the first episode, we don't have, you know, an established fan base, so to speak. Uh, so we kind of con- devised and concocted our own questions that we're going to answer with each other. So we're going to just delve right into it right away here. All right, let's start the question and answer segment, the Q&A segment. <laughs> with a little bit of fun, we're going to start with Mike here. Mike, what, what's your question for us this episode? Um, I just wanted to talk about what your, both of your, goals are for magic in general. All right. Uh, well, you want me to start? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. You take it. Uh, well, my goals for Magic um, is obviously to continue to improve. But one day I would like to... Um, not go suck. To- <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Yeah, I would like to not suck. That's my, my first goal. Um, after that, I would like to attend a, a GP and potentially uh, qualify for the, the Pro Tour eventually as well. And uh, kind of do well there. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm getting pretty good, especially in the, the online sphere, but I'd like to get back to Paper Magic. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that many venues close by where we can we can participate in high-level Magic the Gathering, Paper Magic tournaments. Um, most of the people that we interact with, I mean, they're good, but they're not like, you know, the, the Brad Nelsons, the Reed Dukes of the Jeez. world. <laughs> so I'd like to get to that point eventually, attend a GP, maybe a PT wow. eventually, and uh, really really do well from there. That's my goal. I, I mean, I'm not saying I want to be like a world champion, but I want to. I just want to feel like I'm good at this. I've mastered this. You know what I mean? That's that's. I guess that's my goal. I want to feel like I've mastered the game. That sounds like a pretty good goal. Nick, what <laughs> goal is so less... <laughs> ambitious ambitious I don't have a goal of going to a GP you know something I would you like to do you want to go to do, GP ever though I mean you know it would be nice oh, it's not like my, 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 my goal isn't to go pro <laughs> um, I, I don't think that's my goal either I, you know I mean I just I, I, I just enjoy playing Magic because it's fun um, but something I would like to do is memorize the rules what do you mean I mean like like to the point that you could be like a, a judge I think that would be cool yeah, like a you want like a level one, like a level, just, a level three. Just right now, I just want to, I think it would be cool to be able to be a level one judge. Like if I if cool. I had a question of magic, I could call you over and you could answer it. Yeah, exactly. That's a good goal. I like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, get familiar with the you know where you don't you could listen to a mechanic, listen to a rule, not need to get on the cell phone. Yeah, like so many commander games go. Oh my god, there's so many like mechanics, triggers, and things in commander where you're like, uh, all right, how yeah. this let's start out less ambitious. <laughs> A standard level. <laughs> oh, come on. No, you, you can do kidding. that. You can do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's a good goal. Um, and I feel like standard, you, you've obviously... Standard, oh, yeah. I know it's ever-changing. We're getting a lot of new mechanics in uh, the Guilds of Ravnica set coming up, but I mean, I feel like you could do that. That'll be cool. Yeah, but that's a good goal. So do you do you want to be a judge, like in the foreseeable future? Would, actually would you enjoy cool. being a judge for a tournament? I think I would. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong! Get out of here! <laughs> Be like all over the headlines. Uh, new judge banishes <laughs> Reduke from a tournament. <laughs> Reduke cracks him. Judge doesn't give a shit. Uh, yeah, I talk a lot about Reduke. Yeah, Reed, if you're listening to this, just, just send yeah, us like a letter or something. This, uh, so Shane. Cease and desist. Just a good old CMD. Restraining order. Yeah, hold on there. It's, no. I think he's a great player. He's sweet. He's, to me, the epitome. Him and, I mean, Luis Scott Vargas, of course, is a all the way through player, but I think Reduke kind of announces it and, and clarifies the best. Um, if, if there's any player that could be a judge, I would nominate him. Like that's that's. I feel like he is. When a judge tries to tell him something's wrong, the judge is like usually like not not, not in the right. I don't know, but probably, yeah, probably about as knowledgeable as he is. Yeah, I, I mean, at this point, and, and to the point of actually piecing the you know the, the puzzle pieces together and doing as well as he does in, at, at play, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like you could be you could be a good judge. I have a miserable memory, but I. <laughs> If I work yeah, on it, like, I can remember everything. You you have conviction. You'd be like, this is the right way. End of discussion. That's true. <laughs> Rules violations. <laughs> Mike? I mean, yeah, you got to answer your own answer question, your own question. Right? Um, I don't think he has to, but he should. He should. It's a good one. Well, I think uh, my goal is going to be similar to Shane's. I want to go to a GP, but I want to do it with a deck that I make. Homebrew? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not like, I, I like wanna... something that's just like the guy has to read every card you play <coughs> type yeah. of thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to. Oh, yeah. I don't want to like copy paste off of 
like the and internet. I don't want to. I don't want to just take yeah. like a, your standard like, oh, this is winning everything. If I was the only person playing red the black goblin chain roll, <laughs> if I was the only person playing the deck that I'm playing at a GP, mm-hmm. I would be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I know this is probably gonna be outdated by the time this comes out, but Worlds is happening this weekend. Tempest Gen. Uh, the mono blue deck, super spicy. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that'd be a fun one. My mill deck was probably the only time I ever kind of caught people off guard. I kind of had a John uh, Electrostatic Pummeler deck, but my mill deck and FNM, people were like, oh my God. Like, you know, I had like people actually crowding around to watch and just because they were interested to see how it went. And to me, that's that's magic at its core. Fun, interactive, entertaining. Yeah, everyone's goal is to win. Of course, I'm not going to finish first place with that mill deck, but it was just so much fun to play. People enjoyed watching it. I agree, and that would make for that make great great entertainment. I would love to see just two decks that you're like, what is this, and kind of go yeah. against each other and see how they interact, and it's a fresh face instead of uh, let's see, turn one, I'll play you know my um, what's the the one drop from Almond Cat, Soulscar Mage, and then uh, okay. you know obviously in response, well I had Beaumont Courier, and then you know so on and so forth, the Red Black uh, Aggro Mirror. Um, kind of getting stale and standard, and I know standards changing, but I don't think it's it's going to change as much as people think, unfortunately. But yeah, homebrew spicy decks, those are those are the best, and people like to see them interact with each other. And we don't get enough of it at the the top tier level, understandably, because they want to take the risk and minimize it. But yeah, yeah I agree with you. All the way, I back you up. After I go zero and three and just withdraw from the tournament, <laughs> I'll come I'll come and watch your your matches there. <laughs> All right, so what do you got for us, Shane? Um, well, my question for you guys is uh, about this podcast in general. I mean, I'm enjoying talking to you guys about Magic and recording it, but uh, where do you see us in the long run? I mean, I, obviously, depending on the listener base, even if we have zero listeners, hopefully not, at least one, <laughs> all the way up to, you know, let's just think big, you know, like 100,000 listeners. Where do you see us heading? Do you see us recording often? What, what I mean, what are your goals for this podcast? Uh, all right. Well, I'll take that one. My, my goal for this is to eventually have, you know, a significant listener base, um, but I eventually want to, all three of us go to, like, a GP, make it, like, a weekend trip or something where we can all go and record an episode at a GP. That's That'd one of so my fun. goals for this. Yeah, that would be great. Nick, what do you think? What do you, what do you want to do? Is to have a Level Up Podcast t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's a t-shirt. I like that one. I like that one, too. Like a t-shirt? How about like a t-shirt that like a fan asks for a, a sign or something? Like, you just want a t-shirt in general? Like, I could go no, to no, like, I want, I want a print I want, store. Like, I want a, you know, okay, let's make that, let's <laughs> make that a, 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 a more... Um, Let's make that a higher level goal. I want to see someone wearing. Oh, that's good. That's I like that. Yeah. I like someone that's like, hey, I, I appreciate your <coughs> content. And like, you know, that, that guy might have brain damage but, you know, <laughs> to like our content. But yeah, then that, that'd be great. Just like to go to GP and be like, oh yeah, you guys are the ones that record that podcast that really doesn't teach us anything, but uh, it's somewhat entertaining. <laughs> 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 My magic play got worse. Listen, no, that that would be great. Um, yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, I could see that. That's a good goal. I like that one. That's funny. Um, I think my my goal for the podcast would just to be I mean if again I kind of you know say this a lot but if one person listens and learns something I'm happy um, I, I if if money was in teaching I'd be a teacher um, unfortunately I, not a lot in there but I enjoy kind of helping and teaching other people I would love for just one person to be like you know what your podcast has helped me get the courage to go to a GP not be scared to call a judge uh, d- you know deck build and brew the, the correct way and, and take the chance go to the <clears throat> FNM go to that GP and try to qualify with the PPTQs and all that and and you know just one success story would, would just kind of mean the world to me and you know I just want to feel like I made an impact and not just you know I'm having fun obviously talking and, and joking with my buddies about a game that I think is Potentially the best game ever created in terms of you know not electronic, and uh, I, I you know I just wanted to just know that we made a difference in someone whether it's like hey I got into the game or you know did, just had the courage to do something I, I, that that made me happy in, so that's the, in very sappy way but yeah <laughs> perfect remark for what my question is All right. what's your favorite thing about the game of Magic like like what's your favorite Ooh. thing about Magic it's a good one um. Okay, well, obviously, everyone would probably, like, be slanted to take the fun aspect. But to me, I like a game that has the perfect balance of fun and competitiveness. Because I am, at nature, a competitive person. 
I uh, grew up playing sports, and sports is a very competitive field. You you want to be the best to make the cut to be a starter. You have to be better than other people, and it's not like cutthroat because you still you have a team, you have bonding, you have fun. Magic isn't necessarily that. If you're at the pro level, you have you have a team that you work for, but you're still all trying to win your own individual things. And I know they have team GPs and stuff, but they're very rare. So I guess what I would say in terms of you know what I like most about Magic is I, I like the competitiveness mixed with the fun. I feel like um, I always like to combine uh, chess and poker. I'm sure everyone always hears this analogy to, to really describe Magic. I feel like poker, you're obviously all for yourself and there, you're, there's no team and there's multiple people. Chess, it's a one-on-one -on -one match. Uh, highly competitive, usually the, the better player wins. In Magic in, and in poker, the better player doesn't always win. You know, you can get a bad beat. You can you can flood out in Magic. You can draw no lands in Magic, and I, I I like that balance. I like the balance of you have to be good, but you have to also be a little lucky, and you have to just there's a skill involved. The the pro players in the world have 68, 67 percent win rates, and and that's not that substantial. If you if you said the best player in the chess world has a 67 percent win rate, they would all look at you like you're crazy. The best player in the chess world, I think Magnus Carlsen right now, has a, a very substantial rating on the on obviously his, his ELO and his, his win rate. And I just like that Magic brings together luck, brings together skill. Anyone can win. Any any player can do well. It, it depends on your cards. Any deck could win. Yeah, red-black aggro right now in current standard with Kaladesh onward is is the best deck. But you can bring Tempest Gen, you can win. You could bring your your artifact deck, the one that you ran. That's actually a popular deck now with Psy, uh, Master Thopperist in there. Um, I, there's a lot of fun decks, and you could take a homebrew. You could take a skill base. There's luck, there's skill. That's that's me. The essence of Magic. See cool. that? Well, what he just said is the thing that I like about Magic. At least when I'm playing standard. When I, my favorite thing about magic is the creativity, <laughs> which sounds weird, yeah. but it is for me. Uh, I see like everybody at an FNM as magic, like the game itself, and I want to try to build a deck that will beat the game of magic, if that makes sense. The the current status quo of magic. I want to be able to make something that's weird and ridiculous and still be able to win games. And that challenge of doing that, I think, is the, is what I like the most. Sounds kind of like uh, like Pokemon. You're going to go in with your magic deck and try and beat all the gym leaders. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <coughs> um, I think, I actually, my answer is a combination of the two of your answers. I like it because it is the chess and poker elements, but I also like it because of the creativity. Part of... Well, Part of the game to me that I think is most fun is coming up with deck ideas. Like you see that one card and you're like, oh, I really like this card. Let's try and build a deck around it and see oh, how yeah. that works. Fraying sanity for me. Yeah. <laughs> Shane's fraying sanity. I'm currently brewing Spit a like weeks. thousand year storm deck from, oh, yeah. from Guilds. The new, the new set. I'm yeah. super excited about that. Um, so the, I think it's a mix of both that makes yeah. the game mm -hmm. good. And I feel that's where uh, Commander in particular really yes. shines. Yes, I, I agree. Mean, there's so many like homebrew build rounds because there's no meta. I mean, there's there's decks that are of course slightly better than others, but there's no like meta. There's no like I mean, look, what like two percent, maybe three percent of decks of Commander is, is the highest percentage. Yeah. Um. I mean, you talk about standard, and it's just like yeah, this deck takes up twenty five percent of the meta currently. Oh, that sounds kind of kind of terrible. I mean, that's not a lot yeah. of fun. Um, yeah, my Arcades deck, I mean, I loved it. It's just literally you got to build a deck around defenders, around walls, and it's just like, you know, how, how did you lose? Well, a wall beat me to death. Like, that, that, was, <laughs> that was one of the most fun things. And when I, when I build a deck and I, I, I have to have the, the spark, that motivation, <clears throat> once I have it, though, oh, my God, it's like off to the races. It takes me a while to kind of, like, finally finish it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, once you have that spark, that creative idea, and I know you mentioned that build-around card, and that's, I think, how a lot of homebrews start. It's not like, oh, I saw a Goblin Chain Roll, I had to build a deck around it. Not to, not to tear apart Goblin Chain Roll anymore, but, you know, you see that one card that people think, oh, that's just another card, that's just another rare, that's just another mythic, it's, it's whatever, but then to you, it's like, oh, 
you know, your, your brain cogs start turning, your juices start flowing, and you can turn it into something, you know, really special. And I think Commander, that shines a lot, but it's so much fun to see a standard deck, even if you know it's not going to win, even if you know it's not going to top eight, even if you know it's not going to even win an FNM or top eight in FNM. It's so much fun to just build a janky deck, put it together, have fun, and maybe you do well. Maybe it's actually a good deck, or maybe you just draw well and they don't, you know, this, that's what I love about Magic. It's just anyone's game. I mean, yeah, there's decks that are better than others, but it's anyone's game. Anyone can win. And, you know, you put the skill and the luck and the, the deck brew and all that together and you just get a, a melting pot of, you know, who knows. And I like I like that. I like the randomness, so to speak. Yeah. Alright, guys. I think that's uh, about time to wrap it up here. Uh, stay tuned. Episode 2 on the way. Uh, Guilds of Ravnica spoilers. Obviously, uh, all full spoiled at this point. I know that yeah. <laughs> this episode may not be uh, fully recorded. We took <clears> a couple <throat> days to get it all out. Obviously, kind of work comes in the way. Um, we're going to have all the social media, all of our information, all is going to be out there in the show notes. Show 2 is kind of where we'll put it together. Uh, level 0, again, coming out. We're going to really break down for newer players. And we might even have a special guest for a new player that's just learning. Uh, spoiler alert. But we're going to talk about the Guilds of Ravnica set. Go over it. Limited review, standard review, modern review, legacy if there is any. There's a couple. Spoiler alert on that as well. But we're going to have fun with it. And uh, hopefully, I know we're excited. Hopefully, if anyone is is going to listen to us and, and has fun and you know maybe even appreciates what we say, you're going to have fun with it too. Uh, I'm Shane signing off. That's Mike. Nick. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.